Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today on the show, we discuss how Clovis Bray helped make the golden age of mankind possible by being both a brilliant scientist and a narcissistic jerk. Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and universes behind some of our favorite video games. I'm Kevin. And I'm Connor. So, this is our first Destiny episode. I'm super pumped for this. We're standing at the edge of something great, I feel. It's uh, this is the beginning of a new era. You're sounding like Clovis. <laughs> we're so close to uh, so close. cracking the code, Kevin, of immortality. Yeah. That's what we're here to talk about. Yeah, so today, guys, we're going to talk about Clovis Bray. Probably, he's, he's a, a very well-known figure in the Destiny universe, but he's also a pretty hot topic right now mm. with the new uh, expansion, Beyond Light. Yeah, even if you played, like, the original release, Vanilla Destiny, way back in the day, uh, you heard his name a few times. He's been around. You've, you've definitely heard of him. Yeah, you've, you've, you've definitely heard of him, and you've probably seen uh, the, the Bray Tech symbol all over the place. And chances are you've directly benefited from his handiwork, especially if you play as an Exo character in Destiny. <laughs> yeah. We're going to go over Clovis Bray real quick, just kind of who this guy is. Like, what what is he? What's his story? Because uh, really, he this is very important to understand what he did and how literally everything he's done has impacted the Destiny universe in some way. For better or worse, mostly worse. Yeah, <laughs> you could argue. Go, I there guess. You go. Yeah, we're gonna be talking about a lot about like the morals of what he did, and um, just kind of discuss this super rich asshole. Mm-hmm. That's basically what he is. Yeah, let's go. Um, so yeah, so okay, who's Clovis Bray? So Clovis Bray, he can kind of be considered the most, in air quotes, successful Golden Age scientist in like all of Destiny. Mm-hmm. Um. Clovis was so he has a whole family and they're called like the Bray clan and all that. Clovis Bray, the first, that's the guy we're going to be talking about. He created Bray Corporation. So Bray Corporation is this think like think like the SpaceX or like Amazon or something. Sure. Think like this massive massive corporation uh in the Destiny universe. Big deal. Very much so. And I'm talking like yeah, dude, they they created Almost everything we interact with that kind of makes the Destiny universe the Destiny universe. Exactly. So um, I'll list off a couple of things. So for one, most notable inventions, the Exo. I mean, if you played at Destiny, you know what an Exo is. If you know who Cade 6 is, you know what an Exo is. It's basically an entire subspecies of humanity that Bray Corporation created. I mean, that's never been done before. It's crazy. Yeah. Think robot people, but not AI, right? if you will. Sentient androids, basically. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. Um, so 
Exos are probably the most well-known thing this guy has made. Uh, we're going to be talking a lot about Exos in this, so so get ready. Um, he also created Siva. Uh, Siva is the like nanotech, um, the the stuff that the Iron Lords fought. So if you know what the Iron Lords are, if you ever played Iron, Iron Banner or whatever, that's what it is. It's 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 the a nanotech. Um, Siva was originally intended to operate as sort of a terraforming device almost, or it was, it was one of the many tools that humans of the golden age came up with to make living outside of earth more possible, like on space stations, on the moon, on Venus. It was a very useful, very flexible, very versatile and extremely powerful technology. I would say almost everything this guy did in terms of achievements will again, all this stuff is in air quotes because we're going to be talking about it. Like, how, you know, what's successful here? Yeah, we'll get you to know, that. what does that really mean? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Siva was this nanotechnology, and then Engrams. I mean, everybody loves Engrams. And everybody like, loves Engrams. Like, where all your cool stuff comes from Engrams? Your exotic light machine guns, your high level helms and helmets and armor and stuff. It all comes from Engrams. So you're welcome. So yeah, yeah, you're welcome for that. Braytech is uh, they, they they know what's up. And of course, of course, the big guy himself, Rasputin the Warmind, who we've tangled with a few times. He's been sort of friend, sort of foe, but uh, underneath all of it, Rasputin, the incredibly intelligent and sophisticated uh, supercomputer. Now, again, these are just like four notable things that this guy made. He made a lot of other stuff, but these are like the four big stuff, you know? Yeah, these are the these are the hits, the the best of the greatest hits. And it's important to it's important to note that uh, Bray Corporation wasn't the only game in town. Obviously, like when the Traveler arrived and gifted you know this paracausal technology, basically magic <laughs> and the light, things like that, to uh, humanity, and the Golden Age began. There were a lot of big things happening. There was a lot of science going on. There was a lot of innovation going on. Clovis Bray just happened to be kind of the leader of the pack. So. Bray Corporation, this is the stuff they did, like creating Exos, creating SIVA, the Engrams, uh, Rasputin. These are the things that set Bray Corporation apart from the competition. So if this is what they did, think of what their competitors did, <laughs> like the mm-hmm. Ishtar Collective yep. and you know other, other corporations and groups. There were things like this were happening all the time in the Golden Age. So like this kind of stuff was normal. It was still revolutionary, obviously, especially, oh, yeah. oh, especially yeah. to us here in current times, but... In the Golden Age, this kind of stuff happened a lot, but it was still, like, Clovis Bray was the man. He was the, Le- the LeBron of science. <laughs> oh, God. No, no, I am not. No, no. Okay, okay. No, 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 no. Sorry. So, okay. So then here's my question. What was this guy like? Yeah. Who was this guy as a person, Connor? Tell me. Tell me right now, yeah. Mr. LeBron of, oh, God. He was not, <sighs> okay, so he was not the kind of guy you'd want to have a beer with, uh, by all accounts. Clovis Bray the first himself as a person, as a human being, very complicated legacy. There's a lot of uh, tales of extreme narcissism, like we touched on in the intro. I, I, we'll, we'll get really into detail about that, but uh, first and foremost, I mean, you can't really argue the man was a genius. Obviously, he's mm-hmm. a man of towering intellect, but as we'll get into here in the meat of this episode... The motivations behind his genius, the things that drove him towards the accomplishments that made him a legend of the Golden Age, they were, at at their core, very, very selfish and driven by ego. So you, you, you do have to face the question when talking about Clovis Bray, 
was he really out to better mankind or was it just kind of a massive ego trip for him? Yeah. Like there's no denying, you know, this guy had definitely a hand in creating probably, I don't even say some, I think most of the scientific achieve, like the greatest scientific achievements of the golden age and, and, and what we still use all this stuff today Mm -hmm. um, in the destiny universe. But, I know you wrote this down, his dedication to progress. It really, and I don't want to diagnose anybody here. I'm not a doctor, but yeah, it kind of borderlines narcissisms, you know, sociopath. Like he's very, we'll get into the meat of it, but it came, all of this stuff that he did came from a selfish place, not like a a genuine desire to better humanity. It's more of a desire to better himself. Yeah, it was kind of like, uh, it was from a place of, it was self-glorification in a lot of ways, but also, as we'll get oh, yeah. into soon, oh, yeah. it was all all of it, every single step of the way, was just a ladder toward his real goal, which was immortality. And that yeah. that ties into his invention of the EXO, but we'll get into that next. But kind of a quick sidestep, when you're dealing with his legacy, like we talked about, it's a complicated legacy. A big reason for that is the fact that so many of his inventions had fallout and unintended consequences that... Like you mentioned, Kevin, we still deal with today. Today meaning the current setting of the Destiny universe, which is hundreds upon hundreds of years after Clovis Bray invented all this stuff. There was the collapse and the age of the city and the age of the Guardians, which is where the game takes place. Even after all that time, we as Guardians, players of Destiny, we're still dealing with the uh, the ramifications of Siva, you know, kind of being corrupted and going rogue and uh, the Vex infection of Europa, which we could get into also. So all this shit, all of this shit is still getting dealt with today. Yeah. And it all traces back to Clovis Bray. Like, long story short, whether you're talking about Siva, Rasputin, the, the Vex on Europa, it all comes back to him. And, you know, you could argue that at the time, what he was doing, he was inventing good things, useful things that people in the golden mm-hmm. age, you know, benefited from. But many, many centuries down the line, we as guardians are still putting up with it. And it's, that all has to be factored into Clovis Bray's legacy. Like at the time he was a genius and he did great things, but his inventions eventually soured and kind of went, went bad. And, uh, there's been monumental fallout for a long time as a result. But that's, that's kind of the long and short of, who Clovis Bray was and what he did. Uh, but yeah, we want to, at this point, get, we want to dive a little deeper into his obsession. We're here to talk about Clovis Bray's obsession with immortality and how it motivated him to do the things he did during the Golden Age. And really, they, they this obsession colors so much about his character. Yeah. And it explains a lot of the the reasoning behind a lot of, a lot of the stuff he did. Mm-hmm. And I mean, hell, we we've got raids now about it. We have you know how it's you know the XOR created mm-hmm. and stuff like this. New expansion has kind of delved into and really explained a lot of stuff. And if you really pay attention, it also opens up a lot more lore and understanding of the universe. Yeah. But here's the deal. So so yeah. Let's get into it. This guy had one obsession, living forever. All he wanted to do was have eternal life. He could be considered probably, you know, everything Clovis did was considered like a stepping stone to his like true goal, which is immortality. 
and, you know, becoming rich, gaining access to technology that was, you know, hidden to the public. You know, for instance, Siva and the War Mine, like that wasn't a public thing right away. Like he was creating all this stuff not only to to get rich, but he wanted to also use this tech. It was an excuse to use this technology to get to his goal. Everything was a was a means to an end for him. There was no there's no intrinsic value of the work he was creating. Like he, it wasn't because oh this is good this will be good for people. It was all just oh this will be this will help me get to immortality and any benefit for other people was just a side effect that was kind of beside the fact for him. And and he even used these side effects of like these benefits to if you think about it manipulate humanity to like yeah give me more money i'll give this to you give me more money mm-hmm. so we can help fund my my further research because the, the biggest thing he did that he got to really work with was of course going towards his exo uh end game but working with the vex mm-hmm. be working with captured vex and if you will the vex milk <laughs> it it that really messed him up working with the vex it kind of manipulated his mind and twisted him even further and and almost emphasized the traits, all the negative traits like his ego and his narcissism. It, it, it got worse, his narcissism and ego. It, it just kept going up. Yeah. For for anyone not aware, for, for the layman out there, the Vex are basically, uh, I mean, I, you can't really call them robots. That's a gross, uh, that, that's a yeah, no. gross uh, oversimplification. But suffice to say, they are machinery made out of quantum mathematics, basically, and they come from alternate dimensions and they're powered by a white milk-like fluid that most people just refer to as vex milk and so like just how weird they are on the face of them and like how alien they are to our consciousness and how we interpret the world i don't think anyone could experiment on the vex and stay sane i'll just say that no no no, i don't (laughs) at least of all clovis bray For all our Mass Effect people, think of it like the Geth, but bit, if the yeah. Geth were were from almost every time and dimension. Right. It's insane. They, they have like this weird hive mind mentality, and this guy was with them the entire time, and they have a side effect on you, especially at this time, and it made him go nuts, basically. Yeah, even more nuts than he already was. So it... It it didn't help his isolate because you already isolated himself from other people. I think that's yes. something you see with a lot of genius figures throughout history is that uh, thing they deal with where they have a hard time relating to the people around them. Clovis Bray took that sort of aspect of genius and put it to the nth degree. And I think working with the Vex made that even worse. Like, you know, you're too smart to have relationships with people. And if you're if you're a genius who's only obsessed with living forever the Vex basically existing not even forever because time is like a plaything to them. <laughs> that yeah, would that yeah. would screw you up even worse, for sure. And and so my big thing on this was even with, with, with when the Traveler showed up with its space magic, mm-hmm. it gave longevity. Like everybody's life kind of, I think it was like tripled or quadrupled or something. E- even Even with this longevity, it wasn't enough. He was still obsessed with wanting more, and it it just kind of fueled his greed for just more life. And this kind of made him sick, not just mentally, but physically. Um, He did everything he could to try to stay alive. Like, there's there's journal entries where he's saying how his organs are starting to fail, but he's doing stuff to trying to manipulate that to to, to keep going. You know, injecting himself with Vex milk and all this other crap. And his mental instability 
I mean, that ultimately manifests, if you think about it, in his like decaying body. And I think that also when when he looks at the Traveler, everybody else saw the Traveler as this like, you know, this deity machine and they wanted to do things for it. And, and, and he saw it as a tool. He's like, okay, this thing showed up and I'm going to use it. And I think his relationship with the Traveler was one of you are just another machine, just like the Vex. You are a tool. And I, okay, great. You gave me longevity. Great. Okay. My life is longer. I have more time. Yeah. Other, other people maybe who had more empathy or just self-awareness or, you know, were a little more grounded. They, they just saw the traveler as like a reminder that the universe is bigger than them. And that like, there's wonder in the world still, but not my, not our man Clovis Bray. No, to him, it was just, how do I make this about me? What does this mean for me? <laughs> it was all him. So yeah, that, that it's every, every single new discovery. Like, I think you've made a great point so far. It's like every new discovery, every new accomplishment that Bray had and achieved, it was all just fuel for the fire. Like I have to go further. I have to go, I have to go harder. I have to, it's not, I'm not immortal yet. Like this is great. What I've done is good, but it's not immortal. It's not immortality. So it's not good enough. It's not enough for me rather than it's not enough for everybody else. And ultimately, I mean, he creates an exo body for himself and he basically roams the cosmos for a very long time. And then he also creates another exo body style. It's a giant floating head. He basically is Zordon. He's, he's Zordon. That's what he is. He's a giant exo floating head on Europa. So he he splits himself into two, if you will. He 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 has this head that's dormant on Europa. We 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 we'll get into that about talking about that, but he also creates this body. And I won't reveal who it is just yet. We'll get to that. Um we'll get to that, but we have met him. Let's just say that. You we've might met know him already. on our yeah. yeah, we've met him on our first day in the tower. Right. Um so yeah, so he he kind of gets his goal, if you will. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about ego though, really quick. What kind of freak just turns himself into a giant floating <laughs> robot head on Europa? Like that's the that's the biggest ego flex I've ever heard of. That's just you want to oh, you want to go down as a legend to do that, you know. Just wait till you talk to him too. Like you want to talk about like first you walk up, you're like, whoa, this is crazy. Wow, this is really like, you know, it might, I might as well be naming a building after my last name all over the planet. <clears throat> uh, it's just my little but, – but no, I'm going to make myself into this giant floating head. And then when you talk to him, you're like, holy shit, I hate this guy. <laughs> so uh, let's get into the ethics of this. Sure, yeah, thing. yeah. We have like, an ethical discussion to have about just – Yeah. Like – there are there are so many ethical questions to ponder about just what Clovis Bray did and whether or not it was worth it. And, you know, we, we've we've gotten into his motivations here, but uh and we've touched on, you know, this first point here is that throughout all of his work, there was only one person in mind in all of Clovis Bray's work, and that was himself. As we've explained already, the Golden Age was an era of prosperity for all mankind, but a lot of that was because of you know, a newfound purpose. You know, people were suddenly united by the traveler. Like, oh, these things are possible now. We don't have to squabble here on Earth. We can reach out, you know, walk in the void and settle on other planets. There was this great unification that happened and people were cooperating. It was very communal. But Clovis Bray, the first, wasn't interested in any of that. It was all about himself. He took advantage of everybody wanting to work together and he broke a lot 
of just ethics. Like the violations were in it's pretty bad. Yeah. Um and and he always seemed to come to this conclusion that, you know, oh, it's for the greater good. But really in his head he's saying, Yeah, it's for the greater good for me. <laughs> it's for my greater good. <laughs> it's for my greater good. Like right. he experiments on people to become exos. And he's justifying experimenting on a small group of people to save everyone. And and that's the that's the that's the argument he put out to his violations of ethics in, in in creating the exo and i just to change the world and all this stuff and, yeah. and i'm not i'm not one for that i i just there's a lore party episode on the doom games uh recently that deals with utilitarianism you should totally check that out but uh we should we should be clear about what exactly this experimentation in the process of inventing the exo involved like you say he experimented on, experimented on people Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't that involve like rebooting sentient exo people uh, so many times that they like kind of lost their minds? And he was doing all of it just to figure out a way to prevent exo minds from degrading and kind of being deranged and going insane. So he he put people through this agonizing process of living in a machine body and having your memory wiped and. As soon as you regain your memories, you go crazy because you don't feel human anymore. He put a he put a bunch of people through that and justified it, like you said, with the rationalization that, oh, I'm I'm bettering mankind. But and that's really, thing, like, he's just pursuing immortality for himself. The benefiting of humanity was like a side effect right. or an afterthought. It was it was, his main goal was always to make a name for himself because he was egotistical. He did still want to make a name for himself, but also pushing the boundaries of like possibility for himself to become immortal. That's all it really was. And his pursuit for immortality, it, it just shows that like no matter what he accomplished in his life, he just kept wanting more. He's just a greedy asshole. And it comes back to his his like you wrote this down so i'm gonna let you say it. no sure yeah it it comes when we talk about ethics i've i've been watching a lot of the good place lately so forgive me oh, for yeah. <laughs> forgive me I for this it. comparison no, but uh the comparison is like you learn i mean when you're dealing with ethics you, you you examine motivations and like people's reasons for doing things matter if you're pursuing a scientific goal to help people that's a no that's obviously noble that's an ethical thing but as we've dealt with helping people was Never the goal for Clovis Bray. It was all just to make himself live forever. Even that, it comes back to his motivation to never stop. Like, he's never satisfied. He's ne There's never an end point. It's just a constant drive toward the next experiment, the next breakthrough. There's maybe something to be said about the narcissistic uh, tendency or the sociopathic tendency even to never be satisfied with what you have. Mm -hmm. Whether that's the relationships you have with family, other people in your life. Or, you know, the works you do that help help other people live better lives or longer lives or whatever. None of that is good enough for him, as we've as we've explained. And obviously that his family is included in that. Uh the way that Clovis Bray the First treated his relatives who worked with him at Bray Corporation is unconscionable. It's ridiculous the way he treated them. They were like I I've you know read some entries about you know, his life and the life and times of Clovis Bray. His he basically saw his uh family as employees and inferiors and just like lab assistants more or less so fun fact about that like clovis bray the second his his son he is quoted saying father didn't have employees or assistants and for that matter he didn't have heroes either 
Every person living or lost was a collaborator, and that included his children. Yeah. And so this guy, he didn't give a shit about anybody, literally anybody besides himself. I mean, you wrote this little thing about maps, too, with with his drive, which I I love. You wrote that he had a distaste of maps because they just, they end. Yeah, they have boundaries. He didn't like boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a really good, like, example of just him right yeah. there and and you're the way the way you the way you put it uh even his own son was only ever considered a collaborator and nothing more it's like um it comes back to that idea of your value to clovis bray only extends as far as what you can do for him your utility to him mm-hmm. and uh yep so that all factors into you know we have to understand what drove this guy when he when he made his mark on the golden age, you know, an age of wonders, like to be an extraordinary person during an extraordinary time, that's, that's a tall order, but Clovis Bray did it. But what drove him to do all of that was he wanted to live forever. Other people, even his own family were all just tools to him. Even the traveler was just a tool to him to accomplish that. Yeah. So what, what, what a way to live. That's just crazy. (laughs) I I can't fathom ever thinking like that. That just doesn't, my brain doesn't function like that as it should not function. Yeah, you're um, healthy like then. That. You're I mean, okay. <laughs> okay, we're going to take a quick break here, but stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Lord Party listeners, my name's Abu, and I'm a producer here on the network. I wanted to take a minute to tell you about Winds Howling, our podcast all about the Witcher TV show on Netflix. I don't know about you, but I love listening to podcasts about my favorite TV shows. It's great to listen to other people who are just as excited about a show as I am. These podcasts give me new perspective and a greater appreciation for the show I already enjoy. So that's where Winds Howling comes in. My co-host Brett and I love The Witcher, and we want Winds Howling to be your companion podcast to the Netflix show. We'll be diving deep into every single episode of the TV show and exploring the larger context of the story from the games and novels. And don't worry, the podcast is accessible to both longtime Witcher fans and newcomers. You can find Winds Howling on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and everything in between. If you want to learn more, visit loreparty.com. I hope to see you on the path. So, so we're going to get into, uh, uh, you know, we've taught, we've kind of brushed upon ethics stuff. We've brushed upon a couple of things like, okay, we get it. This guy's an asshole. He's a narcissist. He wants to live forever. Let's get into some specific ethics violations because really we are going, so, so in the game, we interact with EXO constantly. Some of our greatest friends 
RxO in the game. I, I, it, it, they are very, very influential to us. And they're great. I love a bunch of Exos. I, lo- I mean, I have an Exo character. I love it. But what brought us to this point? Beyond Light itself, this, this expansion, I think, is great because it touches upon a lot of stuff that we take for granted in the game almost. You know, like, for instance, like Engrams and stuff like that. Like, and it comes at a cost. It shows us what we take for granted. All of this great, amazing stuff. So the creation of Exos. Uh, go, we went, we go to Braytech in this game and it's, it, it's really cool to see. I mean, it's super advanced. It's, it's exactly what I would think a golden age, like, you know, factory lab thing would look at. But as we're going through Braytech, we get a firsthand account for not account. Well, we do get a firsthand account from the stranger. So the exo stranger from the first game, we meet this person again and they explain everything. Turns out she is his granddaughter. Um, and you're thinking, wait a minute, how does that work? His granddaughter was manipulated into being experiment on. And that's the, that's the stranger's name is Elizabeth. And she tells us the story of how in her timeline, which has the same past as ours, it was bad. I mean, this guy manipulated his own family into being experimented on. And, and we see that the first iteration of exos were very i mean that was i that was a mess because it was a rough draft find out, <laughs> oh god it was so bad the shit this guy did so so he couldn't truly clone somebody's consciousness mm-hmm. essentially he killed these people yeah. he just killed them because the consciousness that was in the first generation of exos it was it's very uh i i i tie it to like the uncanny valley mm-hmm. um they were almost too the exact molecule, brainwave, everything. They were a consciousness, but they actually weren't. It was like a projection of a consciousness. And it caused those who were first generation XO to go absolutely bonkers. But also the people that saw it were, you know, they had a lot of psychological effects of being exposed to them. Sure. It's a rough thing to watch happen. Like if... If you're an employee at Braytech or just someone that the company propaganda worked on, like the marketing caught you and you fell for it and you thought, oh, man, I can't wait to be a robot and, you know, explore space and all that and live forever. And, you know, you watch someone else get turned into an EXO and their new body rejects the copy of their old mind that was sent over. That's that's a bad that's a bad situation to be in watching that happen, let alone having it happen to you. I mean, how do you walk away from that intact? And it's, you know, we, we touched on before, like how Clovis experimented on his own family and from his own granddaughter, Elizabeth, the exo stranger, we hear a firsthand account. There was one whose knowledge of the darkness exceeded even our own. My grandfather, Clovis Bray the first. Elizabeth, he said to me as I woke, born again as an exo, you are going to save the world. What a load of crap. The old man didn't care about saving the world. He only cared about his precious legacy. Still, here's to hoping he was right. Clovis kept most of his secrets in his personal journal. And I know just where we can find it. It's hard to have sympathy for a guy like Clovis Bray when we know that's what he put people through. And it's 
it, you kind of start to see the EXO characters in the game in a different light after that. You yeah. get an appreciation for what happened to them and what went into the creation of their species. Uh, it's it's uh, it's jarring. It's disturbing. I, for sure. I, I feel very bad for Cade because oh my god, yeah. We'll need to we'll need to come back and talk about Cade Six one of these days. We'll have God, a, I love him. Yeah. You know, breaking all these boundaries and safety, common sense stuff, and and the guy made a vex gate. The guy <laughs> built a fucking vex gate. Like I'm just gonna throw that out. How there do you now. how like, do you justify I mean, something like that? That's over the line for sure. He he listens willingly to. Like the darkness. the darkness, like the wh- yeah. the darkness is like you know whispering in his ear, and he's like, "Yeah, okay, cool, sure, I'm gonna use you too." Like that's everything how he saw that it. you and I consider bad ideas, such as building a vex gate and listening to the darkness. Everything that normal people think, like, "Oh, that's not worth the risk." All those things were just polite suggestions to Clovis Bray. A guy mm-hmm. like that thinks, you know, there's there's something we said for you know nothing ventured, nothing gained, but this guy was ridiculous about it like nothing mattered uh working with the like literal entity of cosmic evil <laughs> like t- you know taking <laughs> advice from that that was like oh hey whatever gets me closer to living forever right like that's i don't care it's all good like it, it's all just a tool we've, we've touched on that before like everything is just a means to an end for bray he's like the perfect he's literally the manifestation of like narcissism in this universe and and when i think of like the exo for instance do you think now that looking at all, can you divorce like the motivation from the result? It's it's hard. It really is. Like you know, that's a great question, though. Like you, you look at the people in the Destiny game who are EXO and they have these vibrant personalities, like Cade Six, of course. But there's also you know Lakshmi and Saint Fourteen, and so many great memorable EXO characters who have their own you know hopes and dreams and passions and motivations. Yeah, they are they are people in every sense of the word. They are like sentient beings. And, you know, I look at all that and I think, I'm so glad these people exist. I'm glad that they are in this world and they are part of this world that I inhabit with them. But, yeah, you, as you yeah. pointed out, if you really think about it, like, God, would it, have be- would it have been better if they had just never been made? Like, there would maybe be less net suffering if Clovis Bray never created the Exo. It's a, it's a weird balancing act to think about. Yeah. Was it worth it? That's the real question. It's so... I. I, uh, yeah. There's no real easy answer to that. Because, yeah, like we've touched on, you know, these, this fine line between genius and sociopath that kind of that Clovis Bray sort of straddled. And, you know, you think about can we really expect such a pioneering genius to fit into our contemporary conceptions of morality? And also, as you pointed out, we still benefit from his inventions. So was it a net positive that he, had the influence that he had. We can detest Bray as a person. We can personally think this guy was a total dick, would not have a beer with him, would not hang out with him. Zero out of 10. (laughs) But like, but does that lessen the importance of his accomplishments? It's like, can you separate the man from the accomplishments? That's the thing. It's like, I, I think it all just boils down to, these are all things you need to be aware of. It's, it's, it comes back to that concept of a complicated legacy. It's not black or white. And that's the thing, like, yeah, like, is he successful? Like, I put that in air air quotes because it's like, what can you define as successful? Like, his achievements, but what about his, like, terrible things he did? Like, that's, there's so much more into these, can you define success? Can you define, like, 
This guy was one complicated dude. The way I would put it, you can make a mark on history and still be a failure as a human being, I think. Yes. Oh, yeah. I put it. Oh, yeah. Well, there was one last thing that Clovis Braid did that we do need to touch on before we wrap up here is just sort of a final uh, twist in character, maybe. To me, this indicates that maybe he grew a little bit as a person, which I wouldn't think is possible, everything else we know about him having been said. But, uh, there, you know, we, we've touched on the early versions of EXO as they're being invented and perfected. Well, perfected is a loose term, but as they're being developed and, you know, people are transferring their minds into exo bodies. Enhanced, yeah. There's that that idea of rebooting their minds so that they don't go crazy. Clovis Bray, after he became exo... He became Clovis One. Yes, yeah. He became Clovis One, and that sort of started the trend of exo people, you know, updating their names with the numbers, and that number signifies how many times their mind has been rebooted. So he eventually was Clovis 43 <laughs> toward the end of his, uh, yeah, this, Clovis. this guy, uh, he, he fought the Vex invasions. He did a lot of stuff as an EXO. And so I actually titled this in our script. I titled this the Banshee dilemma because after he was Clovis 43, he willingly rebooted himself. And went by Banshee 44. And Banshee 44 is one of our great buddies in the tower who sells us weapons. And he's he's a badass too. But like I remember when the game first came out, we did not know who he was. Everybody just thought like Banshee 44, he's been rebooted 44 times. What a loser. <laughs> We're all, I remember everybody just making fun of this dude. Be like, wow, he must really suck. <laughs> like... Because the other thing is, they reboot when they, you know, quote unquote, die. Like if they die, they can just get rebooted, and that, and then they're back. Yeah. Um. This guy willingly rebooted himself and changed his name. And I remember talking to you about this the other day. Where's the narcissism? Yeah. Where that? did it go all I of a sudden? <laughs> where's the narcissism? I am so confused. What happened? It's 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 funny. It's fun to think about. It's very interesting. Like. Everything we know about Clovis Bray indicates that, like, you know, his obsession with immortality, that speaks to this problem he had where he couldn't imagine the universe without him in it. That's mm-hmm. that's classic narcissism. Like, everything revolves around you. I have to live forever because without me, nothing else is real, basically. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you get into, you know, Clovis 43 willingly just sort of wiping his mind and taking on a new identity as Banshee 44 He's no longer Clovis Bray at all. There's nothing left of Clovis Bray there. And it's like, how would a malignant narcissist and sociopath like Clovis Bray allow something like that? To me, that, you know, just sort of personal theory, a little bit of speculation here. Maybe after everything he'd done, after all the people he had both hurt and helped along the way, maybe he somehow had some glimmer of realization there that not everything is about him. Maybe there is more to life than just bending the universe to your will and, yeah. you know, living forever and, you know, being a big shot. Maybe he can be someone else, someone who's not as important. Maybe he can just be a bystander in the universe and not the center of it. And so that allowed him to maybe let go and become Banshee. Who knows? Yeah. 
But the other thing is, I think also just being around for that long and like seeing all the things he's done, I think maybe also seeing his inventions cause so much chaos and maybe it opened his eyes as well, like just being around for so long. Like I want to know what it is that he experienced that changed the game for him, if you will. But I think also the funny thing is when we when we meet the Zordon head version of him, <laughs> I mean, bro, like it's night and day. Like I know they meet like like Banshee's like, OK, I'm going to go and I'm going to go confront myself, basically, which I think is super cool. Um, But also, like you can tell. He even says his giant Zordon head version says he's like disappointed basically in his exo body form. He's like, what the hell is this shit? And it really shows the night and day difference between 44 reboots and a, uh, you know, a a dormant for hundreds of years head. Um, So, yeah, to me, I think that I think there's so much more story that can be told there that with even with cutscenes please give me cutscenes Bungie more cutscenes please yeah please, really please. <laughs> seriously I, more cutscenes it's really cuz this shit is good man like this is really getting good and i i i found all this fascinating um so yeah i i think that you know there's some i again the banshee dilemma what is it what happened what made this guy completely do a 180 There are a lot of possible answers and a lot of rabbit holes that uh, those answers could take you down, for sure. Well, that about wraps it up. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow the show. Be sure to connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at lore underscore party. And check out our YouTube page for bonus videos and highlights. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.